When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Inside the Boards podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think like a question writer so you can study smarter, not harder, and succeed in medical school. And now here's your host, Patrick Beeman. Before we launch into today's interview, I just wanted to let you know about an exciting initiative we're starting for the ITB podcast. We've teamed up with Doximity to give you a look into what it takes to match smarter. We're calling it the Match Smarter segment. So for future episodes, stay tuned. We're going to be bringing you interviews from top program directors, residents, and even a few current applicants to help you navigate the residency process for various specialties. So you should check out residency.doximity.com and their residency navigator tool. And if you haven't completed your Doximity profile, you should do that today. Doximity is the leading professional network for doctors and other healthcare professionals. And we're attending this Match Smarter segment for first and second years and third years who are kind of wondering what the whole residency application process entails, Uh, but also for you fourth years out there who are going on your interviews and doing your audition rotations now so that when it comes time to make your rank list, you are as informed as possible and Doximity is well equipped to help you match smarter. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how you can get a 30% discount on a premium subscription to Firecracker and how one of you can win six months of free premium access to Firecracker. Check out firecracker.me. Today we have Trevor Rosenloff from Firecracker. A lot of you are using Firecracker, and we're going to get into a little bit about uh, how the platform works, um, how you should use it, who should use it, and how it can help you study for the boards and in med school. Uh, Trevor himself uh, went to med school at Tulane. Um, He is currently an ophthalmology resident at the University of Missouri at Columbia and apparently has excellent taste in entertainment as uh, his favorite movies are Star Wars episodes four through six, um, which makes him very much a friend of uh, Inside the Boards. Um, He is currently the director of content for Firecracker. It's firecracker.me on the web, so head over there and check it out. Trevor, welcome. Thanks for uh, taking the time to have a conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So our question of the day is from your uh, platform. I'll just go ahead and read the vignette. A 67-year-old man presents to his primary care physician complaining of weight loss. Upon further questioning, he notes that he has experienced moderate dysphagia over the last year. The patient has a history of congestive heart failure, and his last echocardiogram revealed an ejection fraction of 35%. 
The physician suspects that the patient's weight loss may be a result of enlargement of the heart secondary to congestive heart failure. Which of the following changes is the most likely cause of this patient's dysphagia? A. Right atrial enlargement. B. Right ventricular enlargement. C. Left atrial enlargement. D. Left ventricular enlargement. Or E. Ascending aortic aneurysm. You might want to pause the podcast to think about that. And the answer is C. Left atrial enlargement. All right, Trevor, you're in ophthalmology. Mm Mm-hmm but you are the one who sent me this question. So I'm thinking you think that this uh, question covers some important topics um, that perhaps a first, second, third, fourth year med student might need to know for the boards. Is that true? Yeah, definitely. Especially this time of year. I assume that most, if not all, students are still doing anatomy. And I think the majority of medical schools have their first year students take the anatomy shelf. You know, in anatomy, we spend a lot of time learning, you know, this structure is here, this structure is here. But on shelf exams and board exams, it's presented in the context of a clinical vignette such as this. You know, a patient has this disease or this symptom or this exam finding, and what's the anatomical basis for what the patient is experiencing? And so in this case, you know, the patient's having dysphagia because of heart enlargement. And so you have to think back to anatomy and try to remember um, how the heart is related to the esophagus and enlargement of which... Um, you know, ventricle or or atrium might be causing that dysphagia, that that compression on the esophagus. So how would you approach it if you were sitting down taking an anatomy exam or maybe step one? You know, when I was when I was first getting ready to take step one, you know, I I, I used, you know, different question banks and whatnot. And, you know, I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. And, you know, I felt pretty good going into it. And so, you know, before I took it, I did a couple of practice uh, NBME exams. And I found that I got a number of questions wrong because I would overthink it, um, interestingly. And so I think there's a lot of value in just kind of going with your first instinct with what you think is right and and not not spending too much time on questions. Lots lots of times, uh, question banks, commercial question banks, the questions can be pretty tricky. And that's good because it it forces you to really think and, and make sure that you actually understand what's going on. But... Most of the time on board exams or shelf exams, the questions are more straightforward. Now, I don't know if a lot of people would agree with you on that, because I think often students feel that they're not straightforward, but part of the Inside the Boards uh, platform, Firecracker, and I'm sure a lot of other companies out there trying to help students uh, communicate the idea that, no, you know, these questions are actually straightforward. So that's something I think people should really pause and, and consider uh, what you're about to say here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I remember when I took step, I don't remember a whole lot of specifics when I took step one, but everybody remembers, you know, a handful of questions that they got wrong. And the ones that I remember, I overthought the question. In my mind, I thought, oh, this is the right answer. But then I doubted myself. I said, no, they're trying to trick me. And so I chose something else. And then afterwards, I realized, well, actually, I had been right initially. I should have gone with what I initially thought was the correct answer. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in this case, now ha- having said all that, there's no substitute. You, you have to actually know the material, you know. In this case, you have to, you have to know the, the anatomy of, of the mediastinum of the heart. And, you know, it's taught differently at different schools, and you can remember it a number of different ways. One way to think of it is on a chest x-ray, 
when you're looking at the heart, what is it that you're seeing? You know, really, it's it's the right ventricle is the main thing that that occupies kind of the interior surface of the heart. And so if you kind of in your mind, just rotate the heart around and what would be on the opposite of the right ventricle, it'd be the left atrium. That would be uh, what is up against the esophagus. And, you know, a lot of anatomy textbooks do a good job of having clinical correlations uh, with anatomy. And, you know, for the purpose of preparing for, say, a, an anatomy shelf exam or the anatomy portion of, of a board exam, you know, rather than trying to memorize all of these, you know, factoids, I think there's a lot of value in going through and looking at the clinical correlates because they're, they're always going to ask questions in the context of something that's clinically relevant. So the take-home point, um, and I think this is applicable for students in anatomy as well as probably uh, both step one and step two and certain shelf exams, is the left atrium is the most posterior chamber of the heart. Therefore, esophageal pathology may be a result of problems with the left atrium, specifically enlargement, as well as noting the fact that uh, this is sort of, I would say, a classic board-style presentation of left atrial enlargement. Somebody who whose main symptom is difficulty swallowing or dysphagia, if that uh, is a prominent feature of a vignette, one needs to be thinking in their mind, okay, am I going to be dealing with some sort of left atrial enlargement here uh, because of uh, the presenting symptoms? So what about the other, any high yield facts you can think of for the other answer choices, classic presentations? Hmm. You know, the main thing, we, we kind of already discussed this, but knowing anatomy on radi- radiographic findings, um, you know, on x-rays, CTs, those kinds of things. So for example, when you're looking at a chest x-ray, and you, you're looking at the outline of the heart, knowing what the different components are, for example, knowing that, knowing where the aortic arch is on a chest x-ray, you know, and this is more likely to show up on a shelf exam than maybe um, a step one or step two board exam. But sometimes they'll present a, a clinical scenario and then they'll have some kind of radiographic image and they'll just ask you, what is this structure? And so knowing where things are at on a typical x-ray or ct scan or mri just kind of keeping that straight in in one's mind you know knowing the left left ventricle is that kind of thing and i could think back to um a bunch of practice questions and and related material in studying for boards there's there's always something about you know somebody is going about their business then all of a sudden suffer some stab wound to the chest right and which of the followings are the most likely um, structure affected and depending on the locale of the um, entry wound but I mean if it's over where the surface anatomy of the heart is uh, an anterior the anterior most uh, chamber is going to be the right ventricle so and this is I guess analogous to a left atrial enlargement causing something um, as a consequence uh, to something near it namely the esophagus uh, and dysphagia so all right. Well, yep. I'm an OBGYN, so this uh, this material, I'm glad I don't have to study hardcore anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you don't have to approach this sort of thing too often in your capacity as an uh, ophthalmology resident. So far, I haven't. Okay, good. I'd like to ask you, how did you get involved with Firecracker? So I started medical school in 2011. So in you know 2010 is kind of when I was submitting applications to schools. And I got online and I was just reading up about different schools and and I discovered the uh, forum studentdoctor.net, uh, student, you know, student doctor network. Yeah. And, you know, I went there trying to look up things about different schools, what people liked or didn't like about different schools. And 
I saw a thread for a product at the time that was called gunner training. Now, I, I had never heard of the term gunner or anything like that. And so I was intrigued and I, I read on it. And that was kind of when I first heard about this this new product. It had been around maybe not quite a year at that time. And I was instantly sold on the the concept, namely that you interact with this this online program and it presents to you questions. And based on how well you understand the material, you see you see certain facts or questions more or less frequently. That just made made a lot of sense to me. And so I thought, well, when I start medical school, I'll, you know, I'll give it a try. And so the following year, I started medical school and I started using this product. And while I was on their website one day using it, they, you know, advertised that they were looking for more editors. And, you know, I emailed them and I wasn't really like super interested. I was kind of more curious. I thought it was a great product um, and I didn't really have a lot of intention necessarily of, of joining the team. But I got a response and um, the more I communicated with them, the more I liked what they were doing. And so I started out as an editor in my first year, um, you know, editing things that I had seen up to that point, anatomy, biochemistry, a lot of the basic sciences. Sure. And then just had, you know, as I progressed in my schooling, had opportunity to grow with the company. Partway through second year, that it became known as Firecracker. It was, it was essentially the same product, but a different name. And over the years, as, as the company has done well and expanded and added a lot of new features, you know, it's been, it's been really exciting to, to be part of that. At the same time, I've often thought, man, I wish, uh, I wish I'd had more of this as I was going through, through medical school. Yeah, because I, I imagine uh, as the product was being perfected and developed with your input, um, you hadn't necessarily taken step one or two or some of the shelf exams yet. Yeah, and um, it was very valuable for me, you know, in the sense that I I, I felt like I had a, a major advantage going into those exams. Um, but then also, you know, one one thing that I think I was able to offer to the company was kind of the perspective of being able to balance coursework with preparation for board exams and just the type of user interface that would truly make this beneficial and easy for a medical student to use to to fit in with an already very busy, very demanding schedule. Besides doing the work involved in in helping others learn, um, when you were studying for your, say, step two um, specifically, what resources did you use besides Firecracker? Yeah, so step two is was a very different story for me for than than step one. And if you if you've got time, we can hear both. No, yeah, not, not a problem. I'll I'll go and start with with step one and then and then step two. And it's going to be a little bit different for for me than maybe most people because uh, of the nature of the ophthalmology match. Um, but for step one, you know, I used Firecracker again. I started Firecracker from day one of medical school, and I can't I can't recommend that more highly to, to other medical students. It, it, it helped me in my coursework, just in my normal medical school classes, and then it helped me a ton come step one. Um, I also used UWorld. I used Pathoma, and then I used practice NVME exams. Those were really the main things. I used a couple of other resources, but I felt like the time spent in some of the other resources wasn't as valuable as time spent in those other four resources. And so, you know, through the first year and a half um, of medical school, I, you know, I was using Firecracker every day, basically. And then um, during second year, I started to use UWorld to do practice, just to do practice exams. And I used it more to to really learn the material. When we were on our cardiology block, I did all the cardiology questions. And then when it came time for, you know, dedicated test prep, I reset my UWorld account. By that time, I had forgotten the majority, if not all of the questions. And so I was able to use it during you know, the dedicated test prep. And then what I would use practice NVMEs every week or a couple times a week 
to gauge where I was at in my preparation, um, but also to help me to get thinking more, you know, in terms of, of shelf exams or, or I guess board exams, kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, for example, you, UWorld is, is a great learning resource. There, there's a lot of great, great content on there, but I find that the average UWorld question is maybe trickier than the average board exam question. And so when I would first taken these practice NBMEs, again, I, I would get questions wrong, not because I didn't know the material, but because I thought about it too hard. I, I was looking for the really obscure way to answer the question when it was actually fairly straightforward. And so that kind of helped, helped me to think about it, you know, more correctly, I guess. Yeah. Then, you know, fast forward, you know, a year, year and a half to step two. So ophthalmology is an early match. And depending on when you take step two, step two won't show up on your application. I did very well on step one. And I thought that it would be in my best interest to to wait to take step two until after I mashed into ophthalmology. The funny thing is that I did not realize this, but um, Tulane required that I take step two by December of my fourth year. I was planning on, I had signed up already to take it in like February or March. Halfway through December, I, I meet with one of the deans, just kind of some routine meeting as, as they're, they're writing the dean's letters and whatnot. And I find out, oh, actually, I need to take this like in the next week or two. So I kind of scrambled to, uh, you know, to reschedule it, got it moved up. So I did, I did almost no preparation for step two, simply because of, of a scheduling mistake on my part. Had I had time to prepare for it, you know, I think, I think, you know, certainly I would have kept on using Firecracker. Sure. I think what would have been valuable is to just do practice clinical vignettes, you know, certainly through Firecracker and, and other, you know, quality question banks, you know, on a regular basis leading up to the exam. It's, it's different preparing for step one versus step two. Step one, you have, you know, weeks, depending on the school, maybe even months of time to do just that. Whereas when you're getting ready for step two, you're preparing for it at the same time that you're working on your applications, you know, as at the same time that you're in a clinical rotation. So it's, it, it can be more challenging to prepare. Let me ask you this. Uh, for those who don't know, what, what is Firecracker? Yeah. So, so Firecracker, there's a couple of different components to it. So when someone logs into Firecracker, they will see a list of topics and those topics are organized by different subjects. For example, um, anatomy, biochemistry, cardiology, endocrinology. And then within those major subjects, they can drill down into more kind of narrow specific focuses. For example, in cardiology, um, there's, there's pharmacology, physiology, pathology. Within cardiac pathology, one of the topics is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And so you uh, open up this topic and it's going to have fairly succinct information about it, about the pathophysiology signs and symptoms, workup, diagnosis, treatment, those kinds of things. And it's all pertinent to the specific product. So for example, within the step one content, you're going to have information about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy that is pertinent to a student preparing for step one, yeah. you know, or, or step two, depending on what you're getting ready for. And you, you, you review that material and then review questions are automatically added to your schedule. And so every day that you get on, you'll see a list of today's tasks. Um, those may be to do some uh, practice exam. Those tasks may be to do review questions. And for example, review questions, they might be fairly simple, like what are the histopathologic findings of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? And in your mind, you try to try to think of the, the answer. You click to see the answer, and then you rate yourself based on how well, how well you could remember the material. You know, a one means you basically completely forgot. A five is 
yep, I remember this, you know, no issues. Um, I've got this down. And then that information goes into the algorithm and it, and it keeps track of how you've done recently, how you've done in the past and kind of assimilates all of that. And will present to you different, different tasks each day based on what you most need to know. You know, there's also practice exams, for example, people that are, you know, in, in the weeks and months leading up to step one, we have blocks of clinical vignette practice exams that are designed to simulate step one, you know, as far as the, the difficulty breakdown, the breakdown across different subjects. And you can take those in a, a simulated test mode where it's timed, you can't see the answer, or you can do it in more of a tutor type mode where you see the question and you see the answer right away in the answer explanation. And, you know, those, those clinical vignettes are tied back to the topics. So say, for example, you know, we're talking about hypertroph- hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Let's say you have a question about that disease, a clinical vignette question, and you get it wrong. You can go then from that back to the topic to review kind of the basic underlying principles and concepts of that condition. You then review some of those review questions so that next time you get asked a clinical vignette on it, you're more likely to understand it and get it right. Another thing that that Firecracker has is we're actually working with a number of different medical schools to take their their curriculum and match it up with with our content and our product so that when a student gets on, you know, let's say week one of medical school, you have these learning objectives for anatomy, you know, these learning set of learning objectives for biochemistry, then Firecracker will present to you the topics and review questions for those concepts that you're supposed to be covering in your class. That way, it just helps kind of helps you to, you know, get two birds with one stone, so to say. I think one obstacle that a lot of students have is what can appear to be competing interests, my medical school coursework and my board prep, when really there's a lot more overlap than I think maybe students realize at first. And and getting helping students to see that, oh, when you're preparing for your courses, you're preparing for step one and vice versa. You know, Firecracker is kind of the go between that, that kind of that links those those two different uh, interests together. Yeah. And, and on the splash page of uh, your your homepage, there's a little illustration that shows the old way of learning medicine. And, and there's all these potential inputs from your lectures, first aid, bunch of review books in order to get to, you know, graduation. You guys juxtapose that with a simpler little graphic that shows the student and then your classroom work and firecracker working together to produce an actual physician. Right. Without trying to describe this, um, it'd be better just to go to firecracker.me and see what I'm talking about. But I like the approach. Essentially, you guys are trying to streamline and integrate the disparate components of medical education to personalize somebody's preparation for what they need to know for life, but also for board exams and the tests they'll take in med school, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to balance in medical school, and it can be very overwhelming. Not just the the volume of information that you need to learn, but there's, I mean, you have a lot of responsibility. You know, in first and second year, there's a lot of you know think different you know lectures you're required to go to or different activities that you're required to participate in. You might get involved in research during clerkships. You know, you have a lot of responsibility, and preparing for these exams can can seem burdensome. But if there can be if there could be a way to to do both at the same time you know, that, that, that would be a lifesaver for so many. And that's, that's essentially what firecracker is. Um, you know, so many times students will, you know, they'll be very 
engaged in wanting to study and to learn, but there's so much to study and learn and so much that you could be doing, it can be overwhelming. And you've a lot of students end up spending a lot of time just kind of going in circles without actually making a lot of progress, you know, putting a lot of time into organizing themselves and, and deciding what they're going to study rather than actually studying. <laughs> Whereas if you have something like Firecrack, you just log in, it knows your strengths, it knows your weaknesses, um, it knows what co- what class you're in, it knows when you're taking step one or step two. And based on all that information, presents to you the things that are most relevant to you and that you most need to see and study and practice. And what would you say differentiates Firecracker from other platforms, question banks, flashcard, review apps, etc.? Yeah, that's you know that's that's a great question, and uh, you know I, I will say I think that there are a, a lot of valuable resources out there, and uh, obviously I'm very biased, <laughs> and so you know anything that I say you know should obviously be taken with a grain of salt. Um, I think it's su- extremely valuable for anybody in medical school to be careful to not give too much heed to what individuals say, but to pay a lot of attention to what works for them. You know, having said all that, you know, some, you know, a lot of things that Firecracker does very well, you know, Firecracker is, you could say is, is a tech company. It has, you know, this, this fancy algorithm and a lot of cool stuff that helps prioritize and organize the studying for the student. And that algorithm is constantly being tweaked and modified based on the data that we receive. I don't know the exact numbers now as of maybe as of like, I think a year ago, um, Firecracker had like something like 150 million data points, you know, different questions that have been answered by different people. And based on all that, you can imagine just the, the statistical power and the different analyses that you can perform to figure out what works and what doesn't work based on the student, the school, the year in school, the class, the target, you know, the goal score on a board or shelf exam, all those kinds of things. And that is constantly being refined based on the data that that we accumulate over time. You know, for example, we're, we are putting together and have put together different practice exams. You know, we have a four block practice step one exam. We have multiple uh, practice step one and step two exams. Um, same thing, you know, practice complex exams. And if you look at the data that we've collected, how well a student performs on, say, our practice COMEX exam and how that correlates with their actual performance on, you know, COMEX level one or, or USMLE step one, it's as good, if not better, of a predictive capability as the actual practice NBME exams for, for USMLE. And so there's a lot of predictive power in, in, in our product. And another thing, you know, having said all that, you know, all the tech and data and that kind of thing. I think another extremely uh, valuable strength or, or characteristic of, of the product is is the actual content itself, um, the actual clinical vignettes. We have a very large content team, and we get quite a few applications for people who want to be editors. And and you know anybody that's listening to this, if you're interested in and in working for Firecracker, you know send us a message. We we'd love to talk about it. But our screening process is is pretty robust. Such you know we we want to make sure that those who are producing content for Firecracker are really only going to be producing the very best for students. Um, There's a lot of stuff out there and, you know, students have a limited amount of time. And so we want to make sure that their time is well spent. And so the quality of content, you know, any clinical vignette can be great for predicting your performance on a board exam. And just as valuable, if not more valuable, I think is that these clinical vignettes that we have are extremely good learning opportunities. Um, A student can get on and and with just one clinical vignette could spend a lot of time getting a lot of quality learning. You know, we have some pretty sophisticated methods 
for constructing clinical vignettes and editing them such that every answer choice, every distracting answer choice is very specifically chosen to target different weaknesses and strengths. Then the student goes through and, you know, looks at that, does does the question and reads through the answer explanation. Just that there's a lot of learning with any question, any clinical vignette. Knowing why the, the right answer is right is obviously quite valuable, but equally valuable is, is understanding and knowing why the wrong choice is wrong. Yeah. Because the wrong choice for one question could easily be the right choice for another question. And so we specifically, you know, construct these questions to fulfill, to, to multitask essentially, to fulfill a lot of learning needs for the student. I love it. I think it's awesome. What would you say is your your single best strength as a platform? That's that that is very tough. I would say it's it's a company that has a lot of investment in medical students and has medical students and residents and attendings, people in the field of medicine intimately involved in every aspect of the company, such that what is produced is vetted by people in medicine and has the goals of those in medicine in mind, as well as an understanding of the constraints and difficulties faced by medical students, residents, and and practicing physicians. Okay. Fair enough. There's so much I could ask you and and go through. Um, I've been just so impressed um, social media wise, just looking through Twitter and on Reddit and um, more and more people I see are, are posting things like, uh, what are you using for step one or step two or whatever? And and I see a lot of, I'm just uh, sticking with firecracker for now. And uh, I, I think that's awesome. The Obviously, the buzz that you're generating amongst users is going to be one of the most valuable uh, things that convince people to um, use the platform. But overall, I think you've you've given some great reasons why people, if they haven't heard of it, should definitely check out firecracker.me. Or if they have heard of it, definitely go there and sign up because you guys even offer a whole month of uh, a free trial, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you can get on and, and talk with our customer service people and there's there's always different promotions or if you have any questions or concerns you know they'll they'll work with you to try to to try to get the student um what they need to succeed you know whether it's you know different you know different trials and whatnot so there's there's lots of stuff going on you know if, if you look on fi- if you look on facebook for example the the firecracker.me page on facebook you can see you know just scrolling down through the feed a lot of uh, clinical vignettes that we've posted so you can kind of get a, a taste of what we have to offer there thanks for your time i really appreciate it yeah, no problem. And for this episode's contest, you can get six months of access to Firecracker. So for one listener who leaves a review of the podcast and sends us a screenshot to info at insidetheboards.com, you will be entered to win this episode's contest. And for this episode, we're going to allow you to share the Inside the Boards podcast on social media, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just take the link, insidetheboards.com slash episode 010, and tag at Boards Insider on Twitter or Inside the Boards on Facebook or Instagram, and you'll be entered to win six months of access to Firecracker. So thanks to the team at Firecracker for this generous offer. And in addition, you can get a roughly 30% discount on a premium subscription to Firecracker by going to insidetheboards.com slash episode 010 and clicking the link to sign up for Firecracker. I'd like to thank the folks from Everyone Leaves 
who provided the music for this podcast. The song is Seasonal Effective. You can check them out at everyoneleavesband.bandcamp.com or facebook.com slash everyoneleavesband. Inside the Boards is in no way affiliated with the United States Medical Licensing Examination, Comprehensive Osteopathic Medical License Examination, National Board of Medical Examiners, the National Council of State Boards of Nursing, National Board of Osteopathic Medical Examiners, or any other licensing or examination body. All exam names and other trademarks are the property of the respective trademark owners. Content discussed during the program is the property of inside the boards or the attributed trademark owner and may not be reproduced without permission from the appropriate entity. Inside the Boards fully adheres to the respective policies on irregular behavior outlined by the aforementioned credentialing bodies.